Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. This is Robert Rogers. I am your host and founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated to provide all sorts of natural options, methods, and approaches that are enabling people with Parkinson's to find sustained relief from their symptoms. Today, I have a quite exciting program. My guest is Martha Carlin, who I've known for now a number of years, both her and her husband, John. And Martha has been working diligently for some time on developing a new formulation of a probiotic that's specifically formulated for persons diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Now, how exciting is that? So this now has been developed, and she's finally ready to talk about it. So I'm proud to say I think we're one of the first people who have been able to recruit her or maybe I should say strong-arm her into being a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio. Martha, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on the radio show today. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. I'm excited to be here. So tell us all about yourself. Well, boy, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, actually, um, so I am 57 years old. I live in Colorado. I'm married to John Carlin, and um, my husband John was diagnosed with Parkinson's uh, back in 2002, and he was 44 at that time. I was actually um, an accountant, and that's what my degree is in um, accounting and business and when when John kind of first started down the the path of trying to understand Parkinson's I was kind of looking at it and applying my uh, window of perspective as an accountant uh, which is all about systems accounting is a system and I said well you know this is this is a systemic disease and you know, people thought it was kind of strange for an accountant, um, you know, to apply the sort of history and context I came from in my training uh, to a disease and try to use the things that I had uh, developed in my business career. So my in my business career, I was actually uh, um, what's called a turnaround expert. So... I would go into troubled businesses or businesses that were sort of lagging in their revenues and, and go in and try to um, improve the system and the operations to make it run better. And I thought, well, you know, I think that's kind of the same thing we need to do in Parkinson's. So for the last 18 years, I've been taking my accounting mindset and training myself as a scientist to understand uh, the systems of the human body and how uh, they manifest in Parkinson's and ways that we might be able to help those systems for more optimal performance. And um, that actually led me to uh, found a company five years ago called the Bio Collective that was focused on the 
connections to the human microbiome. And so, you know, I've gone through my life of uh, being an accountant to now being a biotech entrepreneur. I'm also uh, a mother of three and, um, you know, I, I enjoy lots of hobbies like uh, gardening, mountain climbing, hiking in beautiful Colorado where I live. It sounds like John was one of the big inspirations for directing your attention to Parkinson's, but why did you start looking so seriously into researching Parkinson's disease and alternative therapies? Well, early on in the process of John's disease, I had a a sense that food and our food supply problem, and I thought, well, um, diet would be a way that we could at least have some early impact. And so I started researching what materials and information there was on uh, diet and nutrition and things uh, of that sort related to Parkinson's. And it was pretty limited back in 2002, And but there was some early research on the impact of pe- pesticides. And so that's where some of my early focus was on kind of cleaning out the pantry and uh, starting over with as much organic food as possible, which was also difficult in 2002, and trying to move away from processed foods and go back to healthier cooking and um, really trying to improve our diet. So um, that was just kind of a natural place that I started looking at the science that was out there and and looking at the science behind the food and the preservatives and all the things that are in there that can be impacting our health. You made mention of the Bio Collective. What is, if you could please explain, the Bio Collective and what kind of research do you do or support? Sure. Well, the, the Bio Collective um, is a is a company focused on the human microbiome. Uh, we do research ourselves as well as develop research tools for scientists who are working in the field of the microbiome. And you know, for people who are listening who don't know what the microbiome is, um, that's the trillions of bacteria, fungi, and viruses that live in and on our body, and they function as our our internal pharmacy to maintain our health. And they're also the good many good bacteria that act as sentinels uh, to protect you. Um, from pathogens that you come in contact with through food and water and that sort of thing. And I started reading about that in 2014, and it sort of back to my accounting kind of clicked with me that your gut, so the bacteria in your gut, that that's kind of your general ledger uh, that's coming into your body. And um so about four months after I read the first book about the microbiome, uh, some research came out of Finland. Uh, a researcher by the name of Dr. Philip Shepperhans published the first paper where he showed that he could divide uh, people with Parkinson's disease into the two primary phenotypes, 
that's tremor dominant and uh, posture and gait dominant, by looking at their gut bacteria. And that was just a eureka moment for me. And so from that, I started funding a small project at the University of Chicago, looking at my husband's samples and my samples. And when I say sample, I mean uh, a stool sample or, you know, for the layman, that's poop. (laughs) And um, one of the biggest issues uh, we saw, I I, uh, was introduced to my co-founder, Dr. Suzanne Vernon, and uh, Dr. Jack Gilbert from the University of Chicago was that access to quality samples was difficult because, like, nobody really wants to give you a a stool sample um, because the collection process is difficult. And so we started out uh, by designing and patenting uh, a simple, easy-to-use-at-home kit that's a paper hammock that sits on your toilet, You lift up the handles of the hammock and just drop it in a bag. It goes into a cooler with an ice brick and comes back to us. And we process that. Um, We have a patented process. We process it into little tubes of identical sample. And those can be accessed uh, by researchers to do genomic analysis. They can isolate and culture microorganisms. We take the data Uh, the genetic data from that sample about all the different bacteria, fungi, and viruses, and we do computational modeling to try to look for patterns and biomarkers. Um, You know, of course, my personal passion is Parkinson's, but the company, the BioCollective, actually supports a a broad um, interest in microbiome research uh, because in the last five to seven years, almost every major chronic disease has found a connection to specific organisms in the gut and um, developing that disease. Uh, So we have a sample bank. We sell our kit. We do processing for clinical trials and, in fact, are doing that for a Parkinson's clinical trial. Um, And we do computational modeling to help food companies and and um, even ourselves developed the probiotics that I'll talk to you about a bit later. Most listeners who are diagnosed with Parkinson's tend to focus a lot of their attention on brain health. Your presentation suggests that the focus really should primarily be on the gut. How does the gut affect the brain? Well, that's a wonderful question because there's so much research coming out now about what's called the gut-brain axis and how um, they even call our gut our second brain and how the gut is communicating with our brain. So um, many people don't realize that a lot of the neurotransmitters uh, that affect our brain health are actually produced in our gut, serotonin being one of those is actually about 80% of the serotonin in your body is produced in your gut by bacteria. Um, You can also have bacteria in your gut that um, eat up dopamine. So, you know, most people with Parkinson's will be familiar that dopamine is uh, the medicine that they're taking is often replacing uh, dopamine in the body. And there are specific bacteria such as, um, 
H. pylori that actually eats your medicine, and um, they will eat the neurotransmitters in your gut. So there's a very robust connection between uh, the chemistry of the brain and the chemistry of, of the gut and how your gut is turning what you eat into uh, the, the chemicals and neurotransmitters that you need to, to be healthy, to sleep well, uh, to not have anxiety. Um, all of these things are, are, you know, very much connected to the brain. And the brain can actually, or your, you know, your mental state when you create a state of stress can produce a chemistry that then feeds specific bacteria that can sort of start uh, what we call the vicious cycle or a loop where um, you create stress that feeds the wrong bacteria. Those wrong bacteria make chemicals that feed the stress and you get into sort of a looping cycle. Please, if you would, give us a high-level view on the research that is being done and has been done in Parkinson's and the microbiome. Sure. So, so the first uh, published research was Dr. Shepperhans in Finland, and he showed that he could differentiate people with Parkinson's. Um, he, his more recent research has actually shown a connection um, to – so they did an epidemiology study where they looked at all of the medical records in, in Finland of the population. I think the data set was about 40,000 people, and I, I can't remember how many of those had Parkinson's, but they were actually able to show a correlation of increased risk, people who had had specific classes of antibiotics four or more times um, between 10 and 15 years prior to a Parkinson's diagnosis, and then antifungal drugs um, within five years of a Parkinson's diagnosis. So if you think about that and your gut bacteria, um, different antibiotics or broad-spectrum antibiotics can kill some of the beneficial microbes as well as whatever they're trying to treat you for. So they are starting to look a bit deeper at the connection to, you know, previous use of antibiotics and how that could impact risk. Um, there's a researcher at Caltech by the name of Sarkis Masmanian who has uh, actually shown in animal models by giving a mouse a fecal transplant from uh, a stool sample of someone with Parkinson's that he can produce Parkinson's symptoms in the mouse, uh, which is a pretty clear indication that uh, the ecosystem that is in that stool sample is somehow involved in the mechanism that is causing uh, Parkinson's. Um, a researcher by the name of Malu Tanzi, who was at Emory, um, and I think now she's at Florida, and she's been looking at inflammation and the connections of inflammation in the gut and how uh, the gut bacteria can uh, increase inflammation that can then result in brain and body inflammation. There's a researcher at um, UAB, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, uh, Heidi Payami, 
who's just published a longer-term study, I think it's about 500 uh, people, where they showed the connection to specific bacteria and Parkinson's risk. And they are there are a number of groups now looking at how um, metabolites produced, and metabolites are just chemicals, basically, produced by specific bacteria um, can be contributing to the pathology in Parkinson's. Um, there's some recent research showing through the gut bacteria that they can see that there's some dysfunction in uh, sulfur metabolism in Parkinson's. Um, there's been a long um, body of research around iron and the impact of iron metabolism in Parkinson's, and they're now starting to see um, how that might connect to uh bacteria in the gut as well because there's a, you know there's always a, a battle ongoing between um the the microorganisms that want to use the iron and and the host or us as a human and our access to the iron so there there's a lot of uh, really interesting and promising research in this field um connecting to that and uh, one of the non-motor symptoms uh that you know, many people that I speak with who have Parkinson's tell me is one of their most uncomfortable symptoms is chronic constipation. And, you know, one of the things I talk to them about how that connects to gut bacteria is, you know, when you're constipated, you have waste in your body and these bacteria produce, can produce uh, something called uh, a bacterial protein toxin. So, you know, the longer you have waste sitting in your body, the more your body is having to do to deal with that waste that's sitting in your body. So we are working with a couple of researchers here in Colorado, uh, looking at some of those metabolites and um, how we might have an impact there. Members of the Parkinson's recovery audience are excited about the fact that you have actually developed a new probiotic for Parkinson's. How did you come up with the formula for this new probiotic? Well, I have to thank um, some researchers in Israel and actually the World Parkinson's Congress for kind of being the spark behind this idea. So my husband and I attended the World Parkinson's Congress in Portland back in 2016, and there was a group from Israel with a booth there. Um, the group is called Clinic Crowd, and they were actually presenting some data that had been published in 2013 um, in a, about an animal model in Parkinson's and the sugar alcohol mannitol and how this sugar alcohol uh, had been shown to stop the aggregation of the proteins the alpha-synuclein uh, that was causing uh, the Parkinson's, and then at certain dosages was actually able to pull some of those aggregates out of the brain. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. And I came back from the meeting and and read the paper and uh, bought a, a mannitol chemistry book and started reading about mannitol, which you know, I had probably heard of it maybe once before in my life, um, 
but it's it's really an amazing molecule. It's the most abundant sugar in nature, um, but it's a sugar alcohol that humans don't use, um, at least not much when it passes through the body. Uh, humans don't use it, but bacteria do. And it's used, it's actually on the World Health Organization list of essential medicines. And it's used for, um, it's a, it's an osmotic diuretic. It's used to reduce brain swelling and brain trauma. It's used to help uh, drugs be more bioavailable to the brain because it can cross part of the blood-brain barrier but not the other part of the blood-brain barrier. It's used in research of the mitochondria as the media that mitochondria are stored in to keep them happy and healthy. Um, and it, it's used energy storage. It is uh, it is used in the circuit prime of the heart lung machine. So it has all these really interesting uses in medicine. And when I was reading the Manitol chemistry book, um, one of the early chapters in the book was talking about how you the production of mannitol through fermentation by certain bacteria. And I thought, well pretty interesting because that's you know the bacteria in your gut can pretty much make anything um, and uh, there were a couple of strains of bacteria in particular that make mannitol uh, most organisms use it but don't have the ability to make it and so I started looking at that and I had an advisor in my company the bio collective who had a background in fermentation chemistry and the probiotics business. And I sat down with him and we started looking at um, how we could put together a formula that would actually make mannitol in your gut instead of you taking a spoonful of it. And, you know, we sort of came up with this idea of let's restore the internal pharmacy to what its ability used to be to make this for yourself because what these bacteria do is they take glucose and fructose, which we know we have far too much of in the Western diet, and they convert that excess glucose and fructose into mannitol. And so I went to the meeting in um, September of 2016, and Steve and I worked on this and we actually had a prototype formula uh, made by Thanksgiving. And at that time, my husband, John, um, you know, anyone with Parkinson's knows they have good times and bad times. And, and he was having a, a bit of a rough patch and had started to walk with a cane. And so at Thanksgiving, um, we gave him the, the batch of the probiotics and we started him taking those probiotics and measuring, taking stool samples uh, weekly so that we could see how was the probiotic changing his gut? Was it improving? Was it going back? Could we compare it to a healthy person's gut and see that it was getting back over in that direction? And over the first 30 days that he started to take it, um, he actually started walking better. Now, you know, some people could say, well, is that the placebo effect or, um, but he continued to take the probiotic for 120 days, and we could see all the biomarker uh, 
strains of bacteria that have been in the published research on Parkinson's were decreasing and the good bacteria were increasing. And, you know, he was starting to feel better, have less constipation. Um, And so from that, then um, we made another batch uh, to see if other people wanted to try it, not just people with Parkinson's, because it really helps in overall gut health and um, regularity. We also noticed um, people, so we made this batch and had some other people try it, and they reported improved energy and better sleep. And so we moved along to do, you know, some a, a small test of a group of people before and after samples to see what we could tell from that. So it was kind of a slow process, but by 2018, we started to just make it available to people that we knew who wanted to buy it um, and then continue to do more of our research and our computational modeling um, to sort of prove how it works and do experiments in the lab to show how the mannitol production worked. And we actually just launched a, a new website for the probiotic in July. Please say more about how your new probiotic formulation works. So it's a eight-strain formula, and two of those strains, uh, one is called uh, Leuconostoc mesenteroides, and that's actually one of the strains of bacteria that is found in fermented foods, uh, such as sauerkraut and kimchi. Um, and that, that's the organism that actually converts the glucose and fructose into mannitol. There are a number of other organisms in the, the formula. One is called Bacillus subtilis, um, and that's a soil-based organism. And what, what's so interesting about that, you know, I, I have to say in the beginning was a little bit of intuition um, when I selected that organism. Um, but last fall, a group out of Edinburgh, Scotland, actually showed in animal models that that particular species of bacteria, Bacillus subtilis, could stop the tremor in an animal model. Um, So they were doing some probiotic testing. So we have that in the formula. And then we have uh, a a number of other organisms uh, that are pretty standard probiotic bacillus and bifidobacteria. But as I mentioned, ours kind of works as a system. And we have a computational model that can show us how they help each other out in what they produce. And um, they produce something called butyrate, um, which is a short-chain fatty acid. And what's interesting about that is butyrate protects your gut lining. And there have actually, there was a clinical trial here in Colorado looking at a form of butyrate called sodium phenylbutyrate in a clinical trial for Parkinson's. And we actually had some friends who were in that trial who said they had fantastic results. Um, but the, the trial actually ran out of funding and they stopped the trial. Um, so it, it works. Um, the, the mannitol production and the osmotic diuretic will pull fluid into the colon. So it will uh, address uh, constipation um, and improve the regularity of the bowel movement. Um, The butyrate will protect the gut lining. Um, And then a number of the 
organisms in there have uh, specific action to inhibit the growth of pathogens that we come in contact with in our food, like salmonella um, and E. coli. You know, you're always hearing about this this salad pack or, or that meat that's being recalled will protect you against those things. So it has a number of different actions, um, but the one that's probably reported the most benefit to me uh, from people who take it is uh, how it helps with constipation. And we believe that is by f pulling fluid into the colon. Can we now purchase this probiotic? I'm really interested, Martha. How can I get some? Yes. So we have uh, the product available now on our um, on our website, uh, bioticquest.com. And I, uh, I'll send you the link, Robert, if you don't already have it. Um, and we have a 25% discount for people with Parkinson's. So if they use the code PARKY, P-A-R-K-Y, they can get a 25% discount on the probiotic. And how much does it cost? It is $39.95. And that will last how long? So the the current bottling we have is a thirty pills one a day. But what I have had people reporting to me is that they they are taking two a day. They take one with each meal, and they feel like it works better that way. So starting in September, for the same price, we will be um, putting sixty capsules in the bottle. So we're just going through the rebottling with our production facility to add. Uh, double the number of capsules for the same price. So it would be a one-month oh, supply. Oh, that's exciting. So I do have the link on the radio show page, and what I want to do is to spell that out for everyone, Martha, and make sure that I've done this correctly. So the link is B, as in boy, I-O, T as in Tom, I-Q-U-E-S-T, dot c o m that's it so martha if we back up just a bit and and ask the larger question what are some things in addition to beginning to take your new probiotic formulation that people with parkinson's can do to support a healthier microbiome that's clearly a key to their success with being able to reverse their symptoms well, one of the one of the main things I talk to people about goes all the way back to that early intuition I had about, you know, what's the food doing to us? Um, and I talk to people about being mindful about the quality of food they eat, um, you know, buying organic as much as they can possibly af afford to buy a organic. Um, avoiding processed foods, and in particular, grains and breads and um, even some of the legumes and stuff, such as uh, lentils or chickpeas, you, you need to be very careful that those are um, organic. Um, what most people 
don't realize is the increasing use of the um, the herbicide glyphosate in the food supply. Um, there is actually some research kind of showing the trajectory of the increased use of glyphosate and the increased increased incidence of Parkinson's, and how uh, there may be some connections to that. So. I tell people to be extremely careful and understanding, you know, what what foods have glyphosate in them and how to avoid that. Um, the other thing I talk to people about is water and, you know, understanding their water supply and getting a good quality water filter for their home and not drinking tap water when they're out in restaurants or um, what most people don't realize is that you know our public water sources um, they don't they don't test for or remove pharmaceutical pollution uh, that gets into the water and of course we have many different sources of pharmaceutical pollution coming into our water now so that includes um, antibiotics and um, you know your neighbor's antidepressant or um, even opioids can, can get into the water supply. Um, a recent study by the Environmental Working Group actually showed that um, things like ibuprofen, well, Advil, ibuprofen was one of the highest things that was uh, found in a number of major city water supplies. And prolonged exposure to ibuprofen can actually impact uh, the permeability of your gut, and you know, imagine a lot of people have started to hear about or read about leaky gut. So those kinds of things can really impact your your gut health. Um, we follow, um, you know, a pretty clean eating, fresh vegetables, um, pasture raised meat. Um, we don't eat a lot of red meat. Um, we've pretty much cut out the sweets and desserts. That's actually one of the things I noticed from uh, when I talk to people about Parkinson's or who have Parkinson's. There's a lot of sweet tooth problems out there. And, um, you know, really trying to avoid the sweets because those sugars feed the bad bacteria. And that's not healthy for your gut. And it also impacts your brain health uh, by um, impacting the whole insulin production and insulin resistance. Um, so those are some things uh, that I'd really tell people to focus on is food and water and exercise. Um, and I think you had John on the show a while back about the biking program out of the Cleveland Clinic, but, you know, just keeping active, getting up, moving, you know, going for a walk each day. Um, even if you don't feel like it, um, it's important to get up and move. Because the longer you sit, the stiffer you get. My guest today is Martha Carlin, CEO and founder of the Bio Collective. Martha, speaking on behalf of the many listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio, I really want to thank you for an amazing work and discovering something that clearly is going to have a huge impact on millions of people. So you've made so many really revolutionary discoveries by summarizing what research has been done across the globe. As people 
think about this interview a week from now or two weeks or a month or a year. What's the main point you want people to remember about what you have discovered and what we've discussed here today? Well, I think probably the the main thing is how important your gut is to your health and that there are things that you are empowered to do to help yourself today. So you can change your diet. Um, you can change what you're doing to impact your gut and to impact your health. And, you know, I, I think that our probiotic is a, a, um, a really good potential way, particularly if you have uh, the constipation uh, symptom, to, to really have an impact on that. And it sounds like you really want to encourage people who do have that sweet tooth to reconsider the implications of that kind of behavior. I do. And um, I know it's not easy. It wasn't easy for John. Um, I would say it probably took him a good three years to break his sweet tooth. And um, he had a really, really... um, big love for desserts and sweet things and uh, he's broken it. So I would say, you know, just set your mind to it. You can do it. If people would like to be able to get in touch with you, Martha, how do they go about doing that? So um, they can uh, call me. Uh, My number is 303-638-1226 or they can email me at martha.carlin at thebiocollective.com. That's M-A-R-T-H-A dot C-A-R-L-I-N-T-H-E-B-I-O-C-O-L-L-E-C-T I-B-E dot com. The long email address. <laughs> Martha, on behalf of the many people who listen to Parkinson's Recovery Radio, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the amazing work that you've done, for the discoveries that you have unfolded, and for making this new probiotic available for people to begin taking, especially those who are having digestive issues. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your work, and thank you for being a guest on the radio show. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. And so for those of you who are listening, you're listening to this very specific radio show, please know that we have... 260 radio show interviews that we have conducted over the last 10 years. One of them was, as Martha just suggested, with uh, an interview with uh, John Carlin, uh, which was several years ago. So please, if you're looking for ways to spend your time in a very productive and a motivational way, start listening to some of the radio show interviews. They are all available on replay 24 hours a day. I here at Parkinson's Recovery pay a fortune to be able to make all of these resources available to my global community. So please start taking advantage of listening to these interviews. Many of them are with individuals who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's. They tell their story 
about what they did to feel better and to reverse their symptoms. Everybody's story is different, but I can guarantee you that if you're down in the dumps about the prospects for feeling better, start listening to Parkinson's Recovery Radio interviews. I think you'll discover that there's a world of possibilities out there for what you can do to begin reclaiming your life force. I'm your host and the founder of Parkinson's Recovery, Robert Rogers. And here we are on the Puget Sound, and this is a place where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and of course, all of the children are loved. Know that by listening to this amazing interview with Martha Collins today, Carlin today, that you indeed are traveling down the road to recovery. Thanks so much for listening today. Connect in and please start listening to the replays as well as connect in to our new and exciting upcoming interviews. Thanks so much. Bye.